everybody, Z here, and uh, if it's morning to you, good morning to you. I was kind of curious, so I checked out the people section of the Anchor app. You know, when I first got on Anchor, I pretty much friended everyone, or favorited everyone. You know, the game plan is, is favorite everybody, and then as they show up on your dial, you listen to them, and if you don't like them, you can unfavorite them. And for me, it has more to do with relevance. Uh, does the station have any relevance to what I'm doing? So anyway, I checked out that section of Anchor, the people, which shows you all the people on Anchor, or many of the people on Anchor, perhaps. And I noticed that a lot of people stopped posting, uh, specifically right around July, August. So then I poked around and listened to some people's last posts. Yeah, I checked out their last segment to see if they're uh, maybe giving some sort of uh, explanation. And from what I'm gathering, the issue is this. People don't really have anything to say. And um, so I think people jump on here because of the novelty of it all. And then maybe they start out with something to say, but they really don't have much to say. Or they don't want to be ridiculed by the things that they say. So I don't know. It makes me a little nervous. I really love this app. I have now officially spent more time with this app than any other app, perhaps any other program. And so I really hope more users jump on board and keep this machine running. All right, well, I got to run, take the kids to school. But I, I will say this. Anchor is one of the best tools for self-correction if you use it for that. If you just use it as a social media, I fear it will be a passe sort of thing. But if you use it to listen to yourself, really listen to yourself and then listen to, to others. But at, first and foremost, listen to yourself. You don't have to turn it into a podcast. It will disappear in 24 hours. But listen to yourself. Other people have to listen to you. Listen to yourself. And then play the devil's advocate. Go ahead and argue with your anchor self. All right, I got to run. Integrity Radio. There's a cloud looming over the future of clean energy. It's called curtailment, and it's the biggest obstacle to weaning the world off fossil fuels. Curtailment happens when we actually produce too much wind or solar power at certain times of the day, and we have to just shut it down. But what if we sent that extra electricity into giant batteries to use when the sun goes down or the wind stops blowing? That day just might be coming sooner than you think. The easiest way to curtail curtailment would be a massive explosion of energy storage, ideally batteries. There's just one problem. Batteries are still way too expensive. Take a place like Texas. A quarter of the electricity from the Lone Star State comes from wind. When the wind dies down, Texans just fire up a natural gas power plant to make up the difference. Battery prices would have to drop by half in order to compete with those Texan natural gas plants. 
Today, less than one-tenth of one percent of the world's electricity spends any time in a storage battery. And even by 2040, the best forecasts say that batteries will make up just three percent of the world's power supply. But consider the experience curve. Renewable energy is a technology, not a fuel. So prices follow what economists call an experience curve. The more solar panels we make, the better we get at making them. In fact, every time the number of panels in the world doubles, the cost to make them drops by 28%. Solar power just recently became the cheapest electricity in the world, and it's only going to get cheaper. And it turns out the same thing is happening with batteries. As we build more with electric cars and electricity storage, the cost of batteries plummets. It's already dropped 80% in the last decade and could do the same in the next. Boom. At those prices, battery storage in a place like Texas suddenly becomes a no-brainer. We're already starting to see it happen in places where the electricity is expensive. In Hawaii, the rainforest island of Kauai swapped its fossil fuel power for solar plus batteries. And Tesla has made deals in California and Australia to install the world's biggest battery fields. The battery baron, Elon Musk, says his newly built, massively populated gigafactory will spit out batteries faster than bullets from a machine gun. It will single-handedly double the global supply. And he wants to start building at least two more gigafactories in 2018. But Musk is in for an arms race. Chinese companies say they'll build capacity for about three gigafactories worth of batteries by 2021. Samsung, LG Chem, and others are also joining the fray. Now, this is not a done deal. If the battery revolution is going to work, tens of millions of people must switch to electric cars over the next decade to feed the experience curve. But there are also new technologies coming soon, like silicon anodes, solid-state batteries, and lithium air that could skip us ahead on the experience curve by more than a decade making battery-powered trains, ships, and even airplanes possible. So imagine a world where city skies are clear of pollution and where electricity is cheap and abundant. It's not crazy to assume that 20 years from now, over half the world's power will come from nature, backed by batteries. And it all might be happening sooner than you think.
You're listening to Z News today. My mental download has got good news for us, and uh, he's not suffering from any cardiac problems. Congratulations, and we wish you well. Working like a woman is learning how to play guitar and is getting better exponentially every day, which is great because we're getting more recording gear and she'll be just in time for recording. And also, coming up this weekend, my little brother is getting married. Now, due to circumstances beyond my control, I won't be attending the wedding, but I will be there in spirit, and I wish him and his bride the best of love and life. And medical science is now figuring out that repeated strikes to the head or activities where you receive repeated strikes to the head are not good for your brain. Soon there will be advances in research that will allow us to determine if strikes to the body are injurious. There has been speculation that sports like mixed martial arts and hockey may be doing more damage to the body than good. We're having a cold snap here in Central California, but it's expected to get back up into the 90s next week. The mountains are starting to have a decent amount of snow on them, probably not enough to start skiing, but we're starting to see snow out in the mountains. Stay tuned for more Integrity Radio. say that these paintings are finished. But I'm going to post them anyway. You check them on Twitter. The link is in the title. I'm playing an organ, a piano, and two 
analog synthesizers. All at the same time, through the magic of MIDI, Thanks for listening. Oh, go. Check out the paintings. Hope you like them.